0: Up next, an NBA star joins us right here on Vincent Jason Save the Nation. Vincent Jason Save the Nation is brought to you by Goldco. Hey
1: everybody, welcome back to Vincent Jason Save the Nation. I'm Dr.
0: Jason Nichols. That is my good friend
1: Vince Colonays, and today we have a very special guest. I'm super excited about this as a sports fan. Y'all know I love to talk sports. Uh, we're going to talk, of course, a little bit of politics, but you know I'm going to push that aside uh, and interrupt Vince and talk more about <laughs> basketball. What? Uh, you know, because I never interrupt Vince. That's no, not what I do. Never. Um, but we have Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan, it's great having you with us
0: today. Yeah. Fellas,
2: thank you so much for having me. As, Jonathan, as, and, as, and
0: I want to and I want to point out here, I want to plug his book right away because Jonathan Isaac just has a new book out. Uh, Jason, uh, from in May, he released Why I Stand, a hardcover book. It's a national bestseller, it's topping all the lists. Uh, so if you haven't seen it yet, check it out, pick it up. Uh, and we'll get into the details of that. But Jason, I know you want to. Talk a little basketball with the Orlando Magic star here.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things that I I always like to ask basketball players is, you know, in your uh, career, who has been the toughest person that you've either had to guard or has guarded you?
2: Uh, The toughest person that I've had to guard is definitely KD. KD. And so, K- KD was a guy that I looked up to like like crazy. I, I watched his videos- High school games, before college games. Um, and then, you know, being able to match up with him in the NBA was super surreal, but he, he, he gave me buckets.
1: <laughs> I mean, he gives everybody work. So you can't, you know, don't feel too too down on yourself nah, about
2: that. I, I got to get it back. So I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back to the court and, and realizing that matchup again. Um, as for somebody who's guarded me, uh, you know, honestly, I wouldn't I would know. I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know.
0: It's, I was, I, uh, you know, I get caught in these, like, uh, YouTube rabbit holes where I, like, start watching, like, old Michael Jordan videos and then, like, current assessments of what it would be like if Jordan was still playing in the league. And the thing that I discovered, and you two would probably know much better than me, what, last I really was checking into the NBA was back when Jordan was playing. Uh, but the claim is... <laughs> that the way that defense is now is so dramatically different than the Jordan era that that shooters have tremendous amounts of space that they didn't have before and that if Jordan were playing now that he would have something like 50 points a game easily in a world where nobody could touch him uh if if he wanted it is basically the claim he'd he'd achieve it do you you think that's right I mean is that is there a lot of space for shooters Jonathan Isaac yeah I mean
2: would would you necessarily categorize Michael Jordan as a as a As a shooter shooter in the way that you know the shoot the shooters are today i don't know um i i I think it it really is just a different game and it's hard to kind of you know pick guys up and put them back or put them forward right Um, it'd be tough i I think and any argument for either one it's lacking just because of how different the game is um the way defense is played like um i forget somebody was telling me rules before like certain rules about like being in the paint or being able to, uh, to to leave your defender to go guard somebody else was you couldn't really do that, you know, back then in the NBA. And so the different schemes that that, 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 have, that have been in today, the different rules about being in the lane and all that stuff, I, I think it would I don't I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I'll, I'll just say this. Um, there is something to that because of hand checking. You used to be able to hand check like there would right. be a guy with his hand on your hip everywhere you tried to move. And that that is different. But. I, I and I'm saying I've I've lived through the the Dr. J Magic years, Dr. Yeah. J Magic Bird years, all the way to the present. And you know, I know this isn't going to be popular, but I don't know that we have a whole lot of sports fans that watch Vincent Jason. <laughs> but I'll just say this: um, <laughs> the the level of basketball being played today is is above what it was in the past.
2: Of course, Life. yeah, for sure and, and as it should be. As as it yeah. should be. The, the game, game has
1: evolved, you know.
2: Yeah, for sure. The game evolves, it gets better. And so you you know, you it's it's the same thing. You have the people who were from that era just like this is the best era of basketball and you have the ones that are looking at it now and saying you're crazy. And so it's always going to be back and forth.
1: Yeah. But Michael Jordan is part of what ushered that new era in. Right.
2: Absolutely. But
1: but you know, uh would would the Bulls, you know, go and and beat You know that the warriors when they had steph and clay and draymond and kd (laughs) that's a tough i would probably say no you know what i mean like it's just those guys you know the shooting has improved guys are hitting you know seven you know i I was looking at the three-point attempts in the finals it was crazy like how many
2: threes they'd be running running around like they i mean they would just have to get adjusted too, like like chickens yeah. with their head cuts off just like of what what the heck is going on
0: and, <laughs> right so it's, right. it's just different that's cool all right let's get into some of the culture issues uh with jonathan isaac because you write you about it in in why i stand is now it's true are you are an ordained minister as well yeah how did that happen when did, when did that happen
2: oh that that happened in march of uh i want to say two years ago um, so uh-huh. I, I've, I've been going to the church that I go to now in Orlando Jump Ministries for like five years now. And about three years in, um, you know, our, our pastor decided to uh, ordain to me.
0: March of 2020, if my math is right. So that, that means that's like right at the beginning of the pandemic. Did that influence any of this? Or were you already on a course to to becoming a minister?
2: Uh, I, I wouldn't say on a course. Uh, I, I was going to the church. I, w- I was growing. And it was, it was just his thing of like, you know what? I, I think you're ready. I think it's time. So that's how it came about.
1: Yeah. So have you given a word in, in the church before?
2: Yeah, I've, I've, I've preached per- periodically um, uh, a couple of times. Uh, so he'll, he'll, he'll just hit me up and be like, you know, I want you to speak, you know, at this time or this Sunday or something like that. And I'll be like, oh, my gosh. And, and yeah. I, I, I end up doing it. So he, he calls me to speak every now and then. So, so
1: what's I, your favorite by. Bi- oh, I'm sorry.
0: Go no, go ahead. Jason, ask the well, question. Go ahead.
1: Um, I'm, I'm interested. You know, I, I remember, you know, they used to ask this, of course, of, you know, political candidates. Um, what's your favorite Bible verse, and and what does it mean to you? I know it's a really personal question, but yeah, no, no.
2: My my favorite Bible verse, um, probably the the one. It it changes, like as you as you learn more about the Bible, like there were different ones, uh, kind of point out to you at different times. I'd say the one that has been ringing in my mind a lot lately. There's a verse that says, I don't even know the verse, but it says, Herein is love," like like describing what love is. It says, "Not that we first loved God, but that God first loved us." And for me, it's just a reminder of like when I'm interacting with people, um, even even so much in the book is that the only reason that I am where I am today or I've become the man that I've become today is because God chose to love me first and it's not because of you know my, my own goodness or my own merit that I've you know developed a relationship with him. it's, it's because he, he sought me out and, and so that's'm where i I'm, where, I'm, where I'm at.
0: Yeah. So it kind of, that gives you an appreciation for life. If you start recognizing the role that outside forces in particular, God and the blessings that you have in your life have played Uh, because I don't know, I I don't know about you guys. Like I feel like whenever something good happens in my life, obviously you have to get there through some of your own initiative. Clearly. Uh, And God gives you gifts. You have to use them to work for it. Uh, But at the same time, I always think, gosh, it's the people who are around me who are praying for me that that that's the explanation It's my grandparents praying like crazy uh, that that get me to so many of these things. Yeah, and there, no, I, there
2: are so many different factors and people that, that play into that as well. So I'd agree with you. Yeah,
0: no, I, I agree too. Um,
1: I, I I personally believe that even that when we die, we can still pray because, you know, not I don't think people turn into angels. I, you know, we get into a long rabbit hole about this. I think people are people. Um, I think angels are a different thing. But yeah. I do think that, When you die, you can still pray for the living. And and I believe, you know, my mother passed a few years ago. I believe she's still praying for me. And I know, you know, the people who pray for me and my ancestors who pray for me, there are a lot of times I could not be alive right now. You know what I mean? I won't go into it, but I've been blessed. And and that's a that's a wonderful feeling. So I think this is something that, you know, with all it, we're definitely going to get into areas where we probably will disagree, but you know, when you're grounded in 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 spirituality, when you're grounded, even I would say sometimes even across so-called religious lines, you know, I think what you just said reminded me a lot of something that Muslims say a lot. And that is, you know, when you take one step towards God, he takes two towards you. Uh, I think that this is something that can unite a lot of humanity um and and can bring a lot of us together if if we start to 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 think in
0: these ways but 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 also jonathan like when you have this perspective when you're thinking about this thing that's much greater than yourself and sort of the purpose of why we're here that really has an impact of contextualizing all of the political debates that we have i mean it seems that you probably think differently about a lot of these like cultural fights these political fights because you've got this bigger context informing you
2: for sure. And, and that was a big part for me with, you know, everything that was going on with George Floyd and just everything that has happened in our in our world to date, where it was like, you have this, this terrible, tragic thing that happened. And my first response is, OK, I, obviously, I was angry. I'm upset. But I'm like, OK, what is the right way for me to respond in this moment um, that I think could bring about the, the most change? And so I, I was taking a step back and saying, OK, I don't want to respond as as Jonathan Isaac, the African-American. I don't want to respond as Jonathan Isaac this I want to respond as Jonathan Isaac, the Christian and how that is, you know, changed and evolved my life. And um, I, I want to respond that way. And so that, that's how a lot of that came about. So if, even as, as, as everything is happening in our world today, I try my best to stay in that frame of mind. And, yeah. and remembering that it's a spiritual battle over a physical one um, and and just trying my best to love people. And, but at the same time, stand for what I believe in.
0: So can you catch us up on the on the specifics here? Just give us the, the brief version of this. You've got the book. The book cover features the kind of the iconic image of you standing at an NBA game uh, when all of your other teammates in the Orlando Magic are wearing black shirts that say Black Lives Matter and they're all taking a knee. This is in the wake of the death of George Floyd. You feature it again on the cover of your book. Just take us back to that. What was the thinking and, and what motivated you to do that?
2: Yeah, so, um, so the, back to exactly what just happened there when I was talking about trying to take a step back and figure out what was the best way to, uh, to kind of not attack the moment, but rationalize the moment for myself. Right. Um, and it, it was just such an emotional time and everyone was in a frenzy on, 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 on both sides about who's right, who's wrong, um, uh, the, the police officer, George Floyd, all these different things. Uh, and then obviously it turned into this entire political debate um, and, and what I felt in the moment where it, Black Lives Matter, and the Black Lives organization, the only way to support Black lives in this time was to kind of pledge your allegiance to this movement. Um, and, and and the organization by supporting BLM, putting the squares on Instagram, all these different things of like th- this is this is the only way to support black lives in this moment um and, and then we get to the NBA bubble and and there is this immense pressure on the players to say because this one team kneeled already we don't have a choice this is the only way that um, you know we can go about this and you know ev- even having the conversation with our teammates. so we, we detailed in the book we had this conversation where, The president of the team, you know, they bring us all in, and they're like, "Look, you know, this team already knelt. Um, We want you guys to be supported in whatever you decide to do." And they leave the room, and it's just the players, and all the players are like, "No, we don't. We don't have a choice. This, this is what this is what we have to do." And one of my teammates turned towards me, and is like, "Well, Jonathan, what are you gonna do?" And I'm like, "Why are you asking? Why why are you asking me? Why single me out?" But uh, but I said, I said, I said, "Fellas, um, I'm I'm not gonna kneel, and I'm I'm not gonna wear that t-shirt." Um, And for me, my thinking was that I I didn't want to go along with anybody's narrative. I didn't want to jump into a a fight. I I wanted to see things clearly for myself. And as I looked at my life, um, I was able to say, man, I know that the gospel um, has been the thing that has changed my life. It's changed my heart. And I know that racism and all the things that plague our society are heart issues. And I don't see them as being able to be healed by an organization, by a movement, by a political party, by a president, um, that they're healed by the gospel and helping us to see each other the right way um, and, and and be able to overcome the sins that we've done to each other. And so I just try my best to, to, to stand up and to share that message of we all fall short of God's glory. And anytime that we're throwing stones, we're throwing stones from a glass house. And so not about you know picking one side or saying that one side is right or wrong, but rationalizing that we've all fallen short And and I wanna treat people the way that I wanna be treated.
1: Yeah, so, um, but one of the things that you did say afterward is that you did believe that Black Lives Matter. And I know that many of us who were saying Black Lives Matter were not, it had no affiliation with the actual
2: organization. Like and, that's, and that's a great, that's, that's, that's a great point. And, and, and that, that was that for a lot of people. And I yeah. think that, but, but for me, what it was is it, it, you couldn't divorce it. And so it's like, the, because of this slogan of black lives matter and it makes so much sense. And of course, black lives do matter. Um, for me, it, w- it was hard to to put the t-shirt on black lives matter and divorce it from the organization black lives matter. Because I mean, that's that that's, that's just what it was or that's what I felt in the moment mm-hmm. of, of the two being attached. And so um, uh, would, I, would I be willing to say black lives matter? Of course, and I said it during the interview black lives absolutely do matter. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't with the necessarily with the All Lives Matter camp. But, right, but, uh, right. but yeah, but but absolutely that black lives do matter. But I, I just I didn't agree with the rhetoric or the tone of everything that was going on in that moment. Right. And I just yeah. want as, as people were giving their solution for what they think that would change things, which was kneeling and wearing a T-shirt. I'm like, you know what? I want to give my own answer of what I believe would so, change things. Right. So it, can
0: I sort it, through your answer on, on how you say the gospel informs you? And, and as a result, like you'll find truth through that. Uh, I agree with that completely. But I also think that, as I was saying earlier, that, you know, God gives you a range of skills and talents and obvious and uh, and you should use them to glorify him as my view. Uh, but also, uh, you know, the one of the ways to affect change in the world in in the direction of the gospel, I think, is to organize amongst people and to and to fight for the things you believe in and to have causes. So at the time when you were saying, you know, I didn't want to wear this shirt, I didn't want to take that knee. Uh, in order, in support of what I saw is it linked completely to that Black Lives Matter organization, not just the sentiment. Um, was this also, I mean, at that point, wasn't, I forget that, I don't know the date at which you did this, but was it transparent at this point that you had things like, you know, uh, uh, the Black Lives Matter group had said things about uh, the dissolution of the nuclear family? And, and was it that by that point that you were like, you know what, I'm not on board with that rhetoric? I, I agree with the sentiment. I don't agree with the organization.
2: I, I would say a little bit. It, it was more so just the the, the feeling of the thing, of the way that things were going on. I, I felt that the moment um, of, of of what happened to George Floyd, it could have been a moment for healing. Yeah. But but it felt like now that we had the moral high ground because of what happened to George Floyd, we could demand and and, and get everyone to do exactly what we wanted them to do because we had this moral high ground, and everyone kind of had the you know need to not talking about the anthem, but but kneel to this. To, to this movement and so um so it, it was more so the rhetoric of the movement the tone of the movement that i disagreed with um not even so much of getting into what the organization was about i did hear about stuff like that but and also for me i, I just never felt comfortable inside of the movement so when everything first happened and i'm having conversations with people who were saying you know blm this and blm that i'm like you know what i, I completely agree with you but i ultimately believe that that it is going to be us uh, yep. seeing each other the way that we should see each other, which is through the gospel, through the do that we all need saving in Christ. And they're like, "Man, this ain't the time for that Jesus stuff. <laughs> 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 this is so- the time for us to to, to to do what we need to do." And that's when I was like, "Okay, you know, I, I may not be as welcomed in this movement."
1: So, what what was the um, the? reaction of some of your brethren in the NBA, not just your teammates, because it seemed like your teammates asked you what you wanted to do. It, it wasn't like they were like, Jonathan, you have to kneel. We're all doing this as a team. It sounds like
2: it turned into that. And so um, so so what, what happened was um, when, when I first let them know, like, hey, guys, I'm not going to do this. Everybody broke out and like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be terrible. It's going to be chaos, but everybody's going to do what they want to do. And so after after I decided to stand um and, and even just to backtrack a little bit, the point popped in my head of just like uh, about how crazy the times were and the whole thing about black lives matter. part of the thing that I disagreed with was that um the first question that I got asked after standing was, do you even believe that black lives matter? And I'm like, well i'm I'm, I'm black. of course I believe that black lives matter so it, it, it was it was a sentiment of like the only way to, again, you know a, Show your allegiance to the movement was to do what we were we we, we wanted to do, which was kneeling for the national anthem and putting a T-shirt on. And even being black didn't dissolve you from that reality. Like you 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 had to in some way show your allegiance to this movement or this of this sentiment. And even if you were black, it, it it wasn't enough. And so um, so yes. So after I decided to stand, I had a conversation. Well, we, we were on the team bus coming back from practice the next day. And I get a text message from you know the team, our team group chat, and they're like, you know, players only meeting so and so room. And I'm getting off the bus, and one of my teammates tapped me on the shoulder, and they're like, this is this is about you. Just just give you a heads up. And so we get into this meeting, and 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 it's 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 just chaos. I mean, you know, certain guys are upset because they're. You know, there were we had a few guys on the team that were really motivated and going to protests and all these different things on the team. And and, you know, they felt that I hijacked the, the, the moment. I hijacked the movement. It was about, you know, them coming together and and, and doing what they had to do and felt that I kind of stole the stole the limelight from the moment. And um, pr- pretty much the conversation that I had with them for they was like, you guys believed in what you were kneeling for 100 um, percent. And I believe in what I'm standing for, too. Um, and, and I respected you guys' decision to kneel. I'm not protesting your protest, but I would ask for that same respect in return. Like when we were in that meeting and everyone was like, this is what we have to do. I wasn't like, you guys are crazy. Why would you kneel for the national anthem? Yada, yada, yada. I, I respected your decision to do that. And uh, I think so, so much of what I do love like about this show and uh, um, you know, Vince was telling me about it in the beginning about you, know, you being from a different you know, political background than him is that you guys are able to have conversations. And what's been so polarized is that when we have these.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm...
2: What's, what's been so polarized is that when we have these different, when we have these different topics, COVID, Black Lives Matter, all these different things, um, you know, one side is automatically painted as as evil. And, 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 you know, you're not able to have any conversations because it's like, yeah. we're, not, we're not gonna debate or, you know, argue with evil. And so um, the fact that you guys are able to have conversations and, and rationalize and kind of uh, humanize each other in the moment for just having different ideas, I think that's how we get forward. And so, um, you know, in in a moment of talking to my teammates and just being like, hey, like, I respect you guys' decision. I respect you guys' vision for what you think is going to change society. But I don't share that vision, and I have a different one.
0: I mean, do you think the NBA is like a serious moral organization? I mean, that's all like, you know, one of the – a couple things have popped up in the past few years – where it's there's been like a tremendous amount of hypocrisy displayed by the NBA in terms of like all of these issues. Like so, on one hand, they could do like you know you have players like supporting Black Lives Matter, taking the knee, the league is supportive of this, uh, and that kind of thing. And then on the other hand, it's like you know, sort of the fealty to China and the Hong Kong's you know nonsense with Daryl Morey. Like, do, do what do you think of the NBA as an organization and its and the decisions to like kind of adopt moral postures? And whether or not they're even consistent. I,
2: I think that um, if if I was, you know, a part of you know making an NBA's decision, I would try my best not to. Um, not not just for the reason of of of, of hypocrisy, but I think, you know, we're we're, we're all <laughs> hypocrites a lot of times in one way or another about what yeah. we what we feel or what we do. But as an organization and just, you know, having so many people that watch, I would try my best to stay neutral because at the end of the day, it is about ideas and people having different ideas but again it's about painting you know one side or uh as as evil where it's easy to take the moral high ground in the situation um because everyone is agreeing with it or everyone is going with it but um you know if i, if I was a part of that group i would say man it, it'd be in our best interest to stay as neutral as possible and um give people the entertainment that they're looking for and right. support our players in the decisions that they make like give them the freedom to use their own platforms to to if they want to talk about politics if they want to support this or that give them the freedom and say look we support the players that are that are making a decision to kneel and we support the players that are making the decision to stand we know that everybody comes from a different place a different background right um and and that's where we're at and i think that gives. i'm I'm
1: sorry go ahead Go go
2: ahead i i i think that gives um the 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 the, the most people freedom to enjoy the sport that they, that they love. And it's, it's again, it's not saying that the, the NBA shouldn't say anything about, you know, absolutely disavow what happened to George Floyd and, and and the other situations that are going on. But I think that in, in inherently taking a side or a position, um, it, it does cut off a lot of people who just, um again, who don't hate black people, but disagreed with the, the, the things that were going on in the movement. But again, just wanted to watch sports.
1: Yeah. I, I so you, did you feel that the NBA disavowed you? I mean, it seemed to me like they they allowed for the LeBron Jameses and the Chris Pauls and, and all those people to do what they did. But also, I mean, they didn't suspend you or, or give you a hard time, did they?
2: No, I don't, I don't, I don't think they disavowed me in, in, in that moment. Um, I, I would say more so for what happened with COVID. Um I yeah. not not even me personally, but just you know, a lot of the rules and the regulations, it was geared toward getting guys to be vaccinated, kind of you know, pushing them towards that 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 space. Um, and and again, adopting the sentiment that being vaccinated is being a, a good person um for the people around you. And if you didn't get vaccinated, then you were you were suspect in some way. Um a, a lot of even what uh um uh Kareem had to say and, and the things that he was going around talking about. But but yeah, I I just think that um you know with with the nba adopting uh uh some of the positions that they adopted around that time putting it on the court putting it uh you know having having guys be able to have only certain things on the back of their jerseys um when they could change the they could they could take their last name off and put a certain saying and you were only allowed these certain sayings um you couldn't have something else you couldn't put something that you may you felt that you wanted to share um with the world i i think that in 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 more ways than not they they kind of moved in a way that was Geared towards one side and not giving, um, you know, individuals in the NBA who may have felt a different way an opportunity and a platform to share as well.
0: Have you? I, I want I want to ask about um, a similar comparison at least. I think this week I don't know if you've been following the Washington Commanders have a defensive coordinator called Jack Del Rio, and uh, he came out and he tweeted uh, that basically that all the attention that the January 6th committee is taking to uh, the uh, the riot in the Capitol last year is uh, basically outpacing any media attention that the riots in America uh, broadly had, uh, had in 2020. And he's like, maybe we should like cover all these with equi- in an equivalent way. Uh, and then he was asked about it in a press conference uh, for the commanders, and he responds uh, to it and said that we should have an adult conversation, we should be able to talk about it. And what the media latched on was he referred to a, quote, dust up at the Capitol. They said, well, he's downplaying what happened on january 6th and he was attacked ron rivera the head coach of the commanders has since fined him one hundred thousand dollars for expressing that opinion uh it's, it it seems to me kind of going back to what you were saying before there's a tremendous amount of pressure for you to adhere to the orthodoxy of the moment whatever it is you have to do it and if you step out of line the social consequences and in some cases the financial consequences can be very real
2: yeah, I mean I, did, I didn't know much about that story and and the, the only reason why I laughed is is because I could kind of see where it was going and and just being like I, I I know something was coming in terms of a repercussion for what he for what he was saying at that time yeah, yeah. um but yeah it's, it, it is it's it's difficult to have conversations um, um not to say that I completely agree with his, his sentiment but um it's it's difficult to say anything that's counter you know cultural or counter to the mainstream idea or, or the mat- the mainstream virtue at that time um and, and I, the thing about it too is again taking it back to that moral stance of it it being morally justified for him to be fined one hundred thousand um, dollars because of what was because of what he said and because of that outrage. Um and it's not just somebody with a differing opinion, it's not just somebody with a differing idea as an individual, um, but it's someone uh who 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 is you know outside of the group and now he needs to be punished. And so um I, I think it's unfortunate, you know, that that, that that has to go on. I don't think it's necessarily, you know. Only dominant to 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 one side. Both sides do it at the end of the day, but um, I, I, yeah, it it just sucks. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, I do think uh, the Del Rio thing, um, as you stated, it had it been uh, the other side who downplayed, you know, the injury of of over a hundred police officers, and and you know, downplayed, you know, uh, an officer lost three fingers, another officer lost an eye. Like it it, it was a really serious moment particularly for police um that day and you know people were threatened you know um I think that was a that was a serious moment and I think that there were people who, who were justifiably upset by that and it and one of the things about the NBA and, and the NFL which are very different in so many different ways but uh one of the things about the NBA I mean excuse me the NFL uh and the NBA is that whatever your conduct is, and I've heard this talked about with, with regard to, uh, you know, the sus- possible suspension of Deshaun Watson. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's guilty of a crime. It's right. that he's reflecting badly on the business. He's making it hard on the business, you know, and this is a business. So if you are, you know, if if uh, Vince says something upsetting And it's bad. It reflects really badly. I'm not saying this would happen, but, you know, really badly on the daily caller and the daily caller says, you know, we're going to sit Vince for, you know, two weeks. And I'd be like, thank God the guy needs to get out of here. But no, I'm kidding. But, you know, they sit Vince for Vince for two weeks. That makes sense because he's reflecting badly on the business. And, you know, as we all stated, this is about the bottom line. This is about the business. And that's what I felt that, um, you know, that's why I thought that the fine happened and, you know, Jack Del Rio has since shut down his Twitter uh, my, for those my, reasons.
2: My my only rebuttal to that is that for me, to me, it also comes down to principle and upsetting to who and, mm-hmm. and why. And I think that sure. when you are, um, running a business or uh, uh, again being being so focused on the, on the bottom line i i get it like you said it is a business at the end of the day and if you're losing money you want to make sure that that, that doesn't happen and, and, and that the people who are watching and supporting you are are supported at the same time but i do think that there is a principle in there that if it's lost um uh it's 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 a slippery slope until you know you you see you know some of the things that are happening with people getting canceled and everything like that um, uh, yeah it, it, it's 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 just tough it's it's a it's a tough thing to to battle with because uh, the bottom line is important when it comes to business but for, yeah. for for me taking take taking you know even even standing i i hadn't signed my contract yet uh, i was up for a contract extension that upcoming summer and i hadn't signed it yet um and i knew that that could be something that i could be canceled for um you know uh, because of, you know, standing for the national anthem or refusing the vaccine or anything like that. Like it's, it's, that's something that could have happened, but it was more so for the principle for me that I was like, you know what Um, people losing their jobs and people's religious and medical exemptions being denied. It's not something that I'm okay with. And um, even though I could just take a vaccine just to take it, like a lot of guys did, I wanted to stand on the principle that the way that it was going about wasn't right. And, 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 and so that's what I did. So I, I think that there's a balance, there has to be a balance between the principle of supporting the people as individuals that work for you and saying, uh, we're not gonna take a side and say that this individual is right or wrong. He's an individual and he's free to say what he wants to say. And I think that over time, that will see more of a, a benefit to the business than a negative in the moment.
1: But you being, you being someone who uh, will one day, if you're not already a business owner, Um, like I I think about the whole thing of having an approved amount of of slogans that you can put on your back Um, don't you think that because this is the NBA you know it's the NBA's platform that they have kind of a responsibility and they have the the right to uh, uh, limit how it is that they are portrayed
2: yeah to that I would say I would say what about having their, the possibility of giving players an opportunity to suggest like, Hey, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I want to put, I want to put the gospel on the back of my Jersey. What do you think about that? And then they they say yes or no, or give their reason why not saying it, um, yeah, that's uh, fair. But, but just giving players the, the option to suggest, and it not just kind of be this hard line of, uh, because of the moment that we're in, these are the only ones that, that, that can be worn. Um, I gotta
0: be honest though. I don't think they let you put the gospel on the back.
2: No, they, they wouldn't, they, 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 they wouldn't, um, um, For
0: some know. reason that would be too offensive. <laughs> <laughs> like to put the gospel, like you put John three sixteen on the back of your Jersey. No way. That's never happening. Why yeah. is that? What's with the, I don't, I, I, I don't, I, uh, so I
2: I'll, 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 tell, I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why there, there's the, and, and I don't really want to get into the weeds with this, but there, there, there's something that I heard, um, about, uh, the, the 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 players right the, the players that didn't want to wear the the patch um right and of the, uh, the, the lgbtq patch um and then there was a there was a reporter i forget her name but she came out and was you know said that they were bigots and, and this then, and the third and she said they had to do more if they did more research then they would understand why wearing the patch is necessary um and, and-
0: the uh the the tampa bay rays the baseball players who refused to wear the pride patch on their jerseys you're talking about
2: yeah, and 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 one of the things that the reporter said, she, you know, she said they were they were they were bigots, and, and this, that, and the third, and she said that if they had did more research, um, then uh, uh, then then they would they would know why they needed to do that. Um, and the thought that came to to me was if 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 she or if anybody on that side had had has done more research on what the actual faith um, says, and really is about not even taking the context out of the people, because at the end of the day, people, you know, are, 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 are wrong in all types of ways. And we abuse the faith and all those different things. And, and we don't always have the best, um, uh, people who are promoting the faith for the right reasons and you have all the things that have happened in the past but if if you go to the core of of what the Christian faith is and you actually really try to understand it you know that it's about love and it's about loving the people that are different from you but at the same time um standing up for what it what what you believe to be right and i don't think that um just going to that point about john 316 not being something that would have been allowed on a jersey um to me it's like you have that side that's like well you need to do more research on the facts and the things that 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 that, that, um are coming out of that community but it's like well if you had done that same research um i think that it would be something that you would allow um uh, on the back of a jersey but because you know you don't you you wouldn't allow it
0: but that's i mean christianity is treated as frivolous and and it's subjugated to whatever our cultural passions are so like if you get a couple of tampa bay ray baseball players who are like no i'm not putting uh, a leftist like political movement pride flag on my jersey i'm just going to go out in my normal jersey they're treated at, by an espn uh woman sarah spain is who made those comments as bigots that she just goes on air and just calls them bigots what i mean in fact she sounds like she's bigoted by depriving them of the agency to say that their christianity is the most important thing to them
1: So, let let me, before we get there, I I just want to ask, you know, um, if you were to put, you know, John 316 on on the back of your jersey, what if, you know, uh, someone wants to put a Hindu uh, scripture on the back of their jersey? Or a Muslim Mm. wants to put a surah on the back of their jersey? You know, I, I think that there are a lot of people... Um, you know, you're in the state of Florida. I think there's a lot of people who would have an issue with seeing a Muslim. I I,
2: I absolutely agree with you. You know,
1: so I I think when you open that, that can of worms, so I I would totally hear you if you were saying, for example, like, let's just wear our jerseys, (laughs) you know what I mean? And we can (laughs) say what we want to the media. Yeah. And, you know, even there are people I've seen who have talked about, you know, uh, during breast cancer awareness month, I believe. Uh, you know, the players were pink in the NFL. Um, now, breast cancer affects everybody. It right. affects, you know, people from, you know, families uh, from all different walks of life, rich, poor. And um, I believe a few of the owners lost their wives to yeah. breast cancer. I think Robert Kraft, did he lose his wife? Some, somebody. And I know that um, the owner of the commanders, Dan Schneider, who's not my, my favorite guy, Um, as a former commanders fan Um, his wife is a survivor but there are a lot of people who made the point that a lot of you know the NFL is
0: all men and men die of prostate cancer by the way just to just so just to be clear Robert Kraft I just looked it up his wife Myra Kraft did die of cancer in 2011 it was ovarian cancer though but you can Uh, understand why he'd be uh, supportive of efforts to tackle cancer I think (laughs) everyone are I mean,
2: Absolutely. I, I kind of see where you're going with, with, with your point, but going.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, people, there people like it's mostly men. And as a matter of fact, you know, uh, probably you or you and I even more so than Vince, because it affects black men. Yeah. Uh, more black men die of prostate cancer, um, more often. And as a matter of fact, you know, the NFL is 60% black. So yeah. everybody's like, what, aren't we doing something for prostate cancer is is is, there
2: a prostate cancer day
1: i don't know to be honest probably not you know i don't know that there's a color you know there's no okay we're wearing green for prostate cancer um so i think a lot of people you know my thing is when you start opening this door and this is what what i think about the the kneeling and the standing was that it was a silent protest nobody said anything it wasn't you know, I want to wear a slogan or I want to wear a t-shirt. It was a silent protest. And it, and it was so strange to people on the left that the right was so offended by somebody just taking a knee, which is happens all the time in football. Um, you know, that, that was so offensive. Um, when it, in fact, it was done out of respect, just like you standing was done out of respect. So you know, I, I, I've forgotten where I was going with this whole thing.
2: But- no, you're, you're, you're good. I, I, I will, I will pick up with the, uh, um, uh, the whole thing about the, 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 the breast cancer thing. And, and, and honestly it being about at the end of the day, we should, we should wear our jerseys, but obviously things like that, um, I think should be supported by, um, by the leagues, um, because one, they're, they're not inherently political. Um, yeah. they're, 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 um, they're about health and all those different things. And, and to your point about the, 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 the skate thing about men, I was, I was watching something, uh, Last night it was the, it was this comedy guy and he was talking about how Father's Day is uh, like the twentieth most celebrated holiday in the country <laughs> and he was like Mother's Day is number two and he was like I cannot think of eighteen other holidays and so just to the point <laughs> of like Father's Day not being a thing or not being celebrated and Father's Day being like twenty I'm like and there's twenty holidays I didn't even know that but uh, but, but yeah but but even but even just this like th- this isn't something that is allowed on the the, the major you know extremes of both sides of the political spectrum where you're able to have this conversation and walk away by saying you know what on some things we'll agree to disagree but at the end of the day I see you as an individual and you're free to make your decisions and choices and at the end of the day we vote and and and, and we and we move forward as a as, as a culture and try our best to do the best for our families
0: and ourselves and so um
2: so yeah but um yeah I, yeah
0: right on uh. Lastly, I, for me, do you, uh, are you following at all the, the uh, high school football coach who took a knee on the 50-yard line to pray, and that, that case is going up to the Supreme Court? Have you heard about this at all?
2: I saw, I saw a tweet, but I, I don't know much about what's
0: going on. I'll give you the, the, the five-second summary here. It's this guy. His name's Joe Kennedy. He coached at a football uh, uh, high school in Washington State, uh, and the school told him to stop kneeling and praying uh, after the game, and he refused. He just decided to go out to the 50-yard line, take a knee, and uh, do a silent prayer. And it became a community thing. The community started joining him on the field. People would cross the stands and go on the field and pray with him. The school fired him and said, you know, basically that this expression needs to stop you. Basically, if you're gonna do religious expressions, it can't be within the eyesight of students because they thought that he was evangelizing or something. Now that case is working its way to the Supreme Court. And, and I feel like that story, uh, again, I delivered to you just now in bare bones form, it's yeah. like, it's really troubling because I, I feel like it wasn't that long ago that we could all sort of safely have, like, I don't know, you've, you've been in sports, organized sports, I would assume your entire life. I mean, how often do you guys pray? I mean, like, it's not an unusual feature of a sports team to, yeah, to have a prayer.
2: It's, it's not at all. And and to kind of go back to, um you know, Jason's point about like, how, wh- why would so many people like, uh, On the right or Florida, whatever, be outraged about players kneeling for the kneeling for the national anthem. But it's like you know, with this, it'd be the same thing. Like, why, why, why? What's 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 there to be upset about? Um, But I I think it just comes down to this this idea of like tolerance, right? That I, I think that the idea of tolerance is the way it's positioned today is like. You have to be tolerant of my feelings and my opinions and my thoughts as an individual, but I don't have to be tolerant of yours. Mm-hmm. And so when you have this you know, religious freedom in, a, in, 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 in America and all this different stuff, it's like, look, I, I'm free to, to, to practice my own religion, but at the same time, I have to be uh, conscious and respect the religions of, 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 of other people. And so I think I think just getting back to what real tolerance is at the end of the day, I understand that it's in a school setting and the, 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 the school, I'm sure, does have some right to say what goes on on their field or not. But for, for something like this to be taken as seriously as it is, I, I do think it's problematic. And yeah. honestly, it's probably as big as it is now because of, you know, their, their response to it.
0: And I, I can't imagine the school objecting to a Muslim, you know, taking midday prayer as, as his, his religious obligation. I mean, it, and doing it within eyesight of students, like why would they would never object to that? They would, they would. Uh, I, I, I
1: disagree with that. And I, I also think the, the issue that the school system was saying is and I don't necessarily agree with them, but they were saying that some of the players felt pressured because this was the head coach and thought that perhaps th- that their participation in this prayer will be tied to playing time, to favoritism and to all of that. So, you know, that's where it gets into the power dynamic. It's not just about like, hey, I supported Tim Tebow used to kneel and pray. People forget what Tebowing was when he would pray. I thought that was that was awesome because I think everybody should be able and and um, I'm forgetting the guy I think his name is Abdullah he was he was you know Muslim player he used to pray you know he wouldn't do the full prayer but he would he would pray I think everybody should be able to observe you know and and thank their God particularly in in sports when you know uh, they're they're blessed with these opportunities Um, but the thing is I think it's interesting just like you said Jonathan that my kneeling's good, your kneeling's bad. But the only thing that gets, that I think is different between Tebow and this coach is the power dynamic. You know, that some of the players may have felt like, you know, shoot, I'm atheist, but I, I, I better go there and kneel and pray with this coach because, you know, I'm, I'm on the borderline or he, you know. So I think that the, the power dynamic starts to change things a little bit.
0: But crushing oh. a prayer in team sports—that's a recent development. I mean, praying praying for team sports has been a normal thing forever. I, I we used to do the Lord's prayer in high school football. I went to a public high school. We just the team would pray together. The Protestants would finish it. The Catholics would forget that you're supposed to include "For thine is the king of the power and the glory, forever and ever." And you know, so it was good. It was like so you know, let, totally normal.
1: Let me ask you this, uh, Vince and Jonathan. Let's say you lived in Dearborn, Michigan, mm-hmm. and they decide to do the the first surah you know, and, and you know, that's, I, I guess I'm trying to think of an equivalent for the, for the Lord's prayer and they do the first surah of the Quran. Yeah. Um, and coach says, all right, guys, it's time, Neil say your part or, or would you, would you, how would you feel about it? If I that's felt the words, your...
0: if I felt the words didn't represent something I believed I would pray silently and let them do this thing. Yeah,
1: I agree. That, that's how I, I would feel. You know, I, I, and i would always you know my thing is always giving people space i think yeah. the 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 thing the argument against it that i will acknowledge because i'm okay with it and i play football i play basketball you know not very well and and played is probably a little bit strong There's probably somebody i know is like yeah, you were on the team <laughs> yeah but anyway um you know the when you enter in that power dynamic when it's different because i remember after games you know, the fellowship of Christian athletes, we, you know, we get into a huddle and we would yeah. pray, but yeah. it wasn't led by a coach. It was led by the players. The coaches sometimes would join in, but the players would go down and pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's a, it's, there's a real difference when you add the power dynamic to it. And that's what they were. I think the, you know, cause I think it's, it's great to pray, particularly after a football game, which is violent. If everybody comes out safe, like let's pray. Yeah, you yeah. know. But I think you know it's the power dynamic. So, Jonathan, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about that?
2: Uh, I, I think I would take the same the same stances of uh, Vince. I, I, honestly, I'm, I wouldn't even if, if if it wasn't something that I felt represented me or that I believed in. I wouldn't partake. Would I then say that nobody else should be able to partake in that because I don't want to partake? No, I would just not partake myself. And so I, I would do it the same way that I that I went about it with the with the standing. I would respect the guys' decision to kneel, but but choose to stand for myself.
0: Yeah. All right. Amen. Well, I think Jonathan, I we've you've been generous with your time, man. I I really appreciate it, Jonathan Isaac. Uh, very grateful that you stopped by, and maybe you could do this again sometime. Absolutely, yes, sir. Thank you, fellas. The great right. Jonathan thanks, Isaac. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Great to talk to you today.
2: Yes, sir. Peace, peace.